Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name's David Pembroke, and thanks once again for joining us in Transition, the podcast dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. I'm thrilled to be with you again today as we bring you the insights and wisdom of some of the most interesting people in the world of content marketing in government. This week, another real treat for you. But before I introduce our guest, it's definition time. And while content marketing is an old practice, before I do get to that definition, it's a relatively new name and people are still familiarising themselves with it and what it means. Also, I accept that for a government audience, the word marketing is a bit of a turnoff. Marketing is often seen as something the private sector does in selling products and services, generally sometimes things that we don't want. But I think, as all of you know, the challenge of selling ideas and decisions to citizens sits at the heart of the work of any democratically elected government. I think also, as behaviour changes, that the meaning of the word of marketing will change and it will lose that sort of salesy, awful connotation that it has had over the many years. But anyway, to the definition, which is an adaptation of the Content Marketing Institute's definition of content marketing as it relates to government audiences. And that definition is, content marketing is a strategic and measurable business process that relies on the curation creation and distribution of valuable, relevant and consistent content to engage and inform a clearly defined audience with the objective of of driving the desired citizen or stakeholder action. So to today's guest, Prue Cook is the manager of online communities for the Grains Research and Development Corporation. She joins me now. Prue, thanks for joining me in Transition. Thank you for having me. Prue, take us to a day in the life of the community's manager for the Grains and Research Development Corporation. What sorts of things are you doing in terms of managing those online communities? Yeah, sure. So my day usually starts with looking at any activity that we've had overnight. Um, we, uh, Our main audience is Australia's 22,000 odd grain growers, not all of which are on social media, of course, but it's having a look at, you know, people who have been in WA who are in a different time area and looking at what the discussions have been happening overnight. So for example, a lot of people are in the tractors at the moment, putting their crops in the ground. So it's looking to see what those conversations have been overnight, whether there's anything that we need to address or looking at any particular conversations that might have happened that we can contribute resources or expertise to. So for example, this morning, there was a conversation about that happened overnight about uh, the influence of disc seeding on the soil-borne disease rhizoctonia. So that was me trying to find some resources that I could slot into that conversation (laughs) to see if we can give growers additional support to help them make decisions for what they're doing. And and how hard was it to put your hands on some resources around that particular really narrow issue? Look, we've um, GRDC is very lucky in the sense that we're very content rich. We've got years and years worth of resource, resources and a really, really good library of um, update papers, um, scientific resources, YouTube clips, bits and pieces. So it's just a matter of being able to tap into the right person within the organisation to direct me towards the resources that I need to slot that back into that conversation. And what sorts of relationships have you had to build within the organisation? to ensure that you're getting 
appropriate and timely access to that sort of information? Yeah, sure. Look, it's, it's um, you know, we're still at the stage where it does require a little bit of encouragement when it comes to social media. But what I've been doing is, you know, picking key areas that we can really help and develop um, shaping them up into case studies and I regularly offer internal training for staff within the organisation so they can have an understanding of why GRDC is playing in the social media space and um, what I can do for them in terms of helping get their messages out further and, um, you know, picking a few key examples where we've had some really good successes. Um, A lot of people, and um, I do a lot of training in industry as well too, um, and a lot of people just don't realise that social media can deliver really scientifically relevant and, you know, farming-specific information. So often once they see the types of conversation and the detail that's happening on social media, it's fairly easy to get buy-in and then it's just a matter of people um, now um, at the stage where they'll voluntarily come to me and say, look, I've got this, what can we do? How can we get that out in social? Okay, well, let's have a, a maybe draw down on one of those examples where you've been able to really add value to this large and very dispersed community around Australia? Sure. Um, uh, A recent one would be development of an app that helps growers to calculate the soil moisture that they have available in their soil, which allows them to make decisions around what they're going to sow or if they're going to apply fertiliser, stuff like that. Um, They've got the app in a testing stage and they were looking for growers to actually be guinea pigs and road test that. The project manager approached me and asked what we could do. Um, Obviously, social media lends itself really, really nicely to something like testing an app because you have an audience that is already familiar with the technology. I mean, all of our growers are uh, it's very, very high proportions are accessing social media resources from mobile devices. So it was fairly easy to put together a campaign to promote the app for testing. Um, and the project manager came back shortly after and said, look, every time a post went out throughout the campaign, we had a huge spike in people registering their interest. And we now have lots of new users who are delivering us with some really useful feedback. So that's the kind of stuff that I would then include in my training internally, which um, you know encourages other staff to look to social for a a way of uh, communicating research outcomes, not just at the end of a project when something tangible is delivered, but also throughout the life of the project to look at continuous improvement and, uh, you know, getting uh, getting growers involved with research throughout the life of the project. So that's a great example of delivering value to that community and engaging them and also drawing value from them from the GRDC's point of view so that they can improve the delivery of service to to those uh, to the, the the farmers around Australia but I'm also interested um, very much in terms of the planning and the approach of you and how you're going about it obviously you're coming in on a daily basis and looking at those issues that are jumping up but do you have a formal planning process in terms of what you're trying to put together and is it just social media or are there other things that you're using, other tools that you're using as well to communicate with, uh, with the, the farmers around Australia? Definitely. So the, the first part of your content, I have a, a content schedule that I work on and I'm very, very reliant on analytics or data-based content scheduling. So I'll always look at um, A, monitoring what's actually happening, what are the conversations that are happening 
on social media so I can ensure that any content is marrying up with what's happening there. I'll also look at social media and website analytics. So we'll be able to go and have a look at what people are clicking on, uh, what people were Googling this time last week or what they were Googling this time last year because farming is very seasonal and you've often got quite narrow windows in which content is um, is um, readily, you know, useful to a farmer. And um, then I'm also watching the weather radar as well too. And if you've got a big rain band coming through, um, being prepared to have some good timely resources ready to go to put out so that farmers can make decisions then and there should they have a good rainfall event are really, really handy. So I'm really, really big on constantly analysing content that we're putting out um, and using website analytics to ensure that we're, um, you know, putting out content that is really relevant and um, for that audience in particular as well too because some stuff that might perform particularly well for one medium doesn't work on the other so it's constantly refining that per platform. Um, So my responsibilities are predominantly in social media but GRDC does a lot of other stuff in terms of putting this kind of information out Um, whether that be through a digital suite of products like our website, we do podcasting, we do a lot of um, YouTube clips and extension videos that way Um, and we also do a lot of face-to-face training and events and still try to do uh, group extension wherever possible in terms of you know still having that face-to-face contact that farmers really value. So in terms of that planning, how far ahead are you looking? Have you got sort of certainty around what might be happening in sort of three, six, nine months down the down the track? Yeah, we have cropping calendars, which yeah. provide a really nice overview in terms of, look, at this time every year, we will be expecting farmers to be scouting for this particular disease or planting this particular crop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we do, um, you know, I do have the ability to be very, very flexible with social media so that if I do all of a sudden see that people start uh, tweeting about, so for example, last year, beat Western Yellows virus, outbra- was in, there was an outbreak in canola in South Australia, which was quite devastating. We're able to pick up on that stuff, uh, pull together a fairly um, coordinated overview in terms of what's being seen in paddocks where, what the media and other organisations are saying in terms of advice and pull that together and, able, and be able to make decisions and be quite responsive in terms of getting some of that stuff out as well too. It's a wonderful service for uh, the farming community. They must be delighted with the sorts of information that you're providing. Oh, I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> But when, but do you do you see the feedback coming back to you? Do you see that there is that gratitude and, and and pleasure that they're getting from the fact that you're serving them useful, relevant, value valuable information in a timely fashion through the channels that are useful to them, either be it you know as you say social media through the phone or or a podcast when they're on the tractor. Yeah, no, we do get we do get some good feedback. Although for me, um, you know, my my key metric really is is click through rate. We've got farm uh, a lot of farmers do have a personality type where they're not too forthcoming with uh, <laughs> with praise but um you know it, it's really good to um for, for me to be able to see that I've put out something and that lots of people are clicking on it straight away so for example there's a reasonably new practice um narrow windrow burning which farmers do to control their weed seed bank and uh, we had a recent rainfall was able to put out a resource on managing wet windrows and my click-through rate just went through the roof which was phenomenal it meant that we were putting something out just as people needed it and that was the information that they wanted to pull down then and read then and there and that that sort of to me is just as good as <laughs> just as good as a well done thank you 
Have you have you experimented with content that sort of goes a bit beyond the utility of farming to sort of extend into providing more value, perhaps on the edges, maybe looking at some entertainment uh, content, things that are not just purely specifically about farming? Yeah, look, it is... Um uh, well, in terms of content, I mean, we do, uh, while I predominantly focus on getting out research and extension resources, we do a lot in the capacity building space. So in terms of... So um, training. Yeah. Yep, training yep, material. Yep. Yep. So um, there's a fair bit for that, which works really well, particularly on Facebook. We do um, a lot of case studies on honours students and PhD students that we fund, that kind of thing. So that gets a lot of good stuff. It's very interesting, though, you know, when you look at social media trends in general, um, they often say that having a photo will increase engagement and really light, engaging content. I find that we get a lot of engagement with that kind of stuff, so likes and retweets, that kind of stuff, but the click-through rate isn't quite there. But for us, um, if I look at our most popular posts over time, they've been quite scientific and really um, pertinent to that particular stage in the growing season. Uh, those kind of resources are the stuff that really gets the most success amongst our audience, which I found quite surprising. So we do try to balance some of the more engaging and entertaining type content, but we find the hard-hitting stuff is actually more successful, which is quite interesting and a bit contrary to what you read elsewhere. Yeah, but perhaps that's the you know the farming community. Then maybe they're getting their entertainment elsewhere. Yeah, and they yeah. look to the GRDC really for that really useful, relevant, valuable content that's going to help them in their in their jobs. Have you been surprised at the pickup rates and adoption rates of social media, or do you really sense that really it's made? for the rural community? Because to me, it seems like a an ideal place for a, a rural community to be able to draw down the on the resources and be able to take from the GRDC the value that it really is looking for. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, farmers were the first ones to really champion social media, particularly from an advocacy point of view. Um, and it's certainly not a new technology to, to mm. the farming community. Uh, the grains industry lends itself really, really nicely to something like Twitter in particular because we have auto-steer in tractors. So the, the short 140 characters is really nice to, you know, monitor a couple while you go the length of the paddock, turn around and go back again. And so the, the grains industry is really picking up on this quite nicely. And you see particular hashtags like tweets from the tractor cab and plant for uh, plant 15 and harvest 15 that spring up so that people can be out in the tractors and headers and discussing exactly what's happening while they're out there. There's some really good imagery that comes out of it as well too, particularly <laughs> when they get bogged. <laughs> so what's next? Where, where do you start to take this valuable resource that you are providing to the Australian farming community? What's next? Where's the innovation that's going to continue to add value? Because it sounds like you've you know, you've got a nice program moving, uh, you're getting the engagement, you're getting the uptake, you're seeing through your click-through rates that there's, you know, there's a response and value. But where's next? Where, where are you going to go next in terms of trying to continue to create value? 
Sure. We're, we're really wanting to look at um, some of the uh, more visual type mechanisms, so looking at additional social platforms, perhaps an Instagram or a Pinterest for sharing a lot more visual learning. Um, at the moment, we're sticking with uh, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn as our main, and then, of course, YouTube and podcasting are our audiovisual, um, audiovisual products. Um, we're really, really wanting to get this really good bank of analytics to be able to be very, very predictive and using that to guide our communications going forward. I'd like to see us at the point where we can have a look back and go, okay, this time over the last three years, growers have been looking for information on this particular pest. So we need to have a communications product ready to go two weeks before. So we get into this really proactive instead of reactive um, phase of, of uh, content and communication activities. We have um, a lot of regional people uh, doing our communication activity from all around Australia. So it's being able to give them the stuff that they need to ensure that we're being really, really responsive. Also really wanting to use a lot more of the monitoring to guide activities internally as well too. So being able to pick up on stuff, uh, for example, do some gap analysis. So for example, soil moisture monitoring, um, if we wanted to do a gap analysis to see what sort of industry interest there was in soil moisture probes for having a look at, you know, how much soil moisture you have. We have the ability to look at Twitter and see conversations of growers that are using the technology, advisors that are selling it or promoting it and then using that as perhaps some touch points to guide a gap analysis to look at well you know where sh where should research be looking at at this particular space so there's there's a lot going on there yeah that's nice sophisticated stuff isn't it to be able to draw those insights out um, to guide where you're going to actually invest your re your research resources in order to um, deliver value Definitely. And it also, you know, gives you some nice touch points in terms of knowing where to start or it complements existing methods that we have. Um, we have regional panels and regional cropping solution network groups that are, are out in industry that help guide research. But it's nice to have um, the social media to perhaps back up some of these assumptions and maybe provide additional touch points in terms of extra contacts or, um, you know, perhaps uh, provide a, an alternate point of view. So, so what sort of uh, programs are you using around the analytics? Look, predominantly using the analytics that are inbuilt with our, uh, within a lot of the social medias themselves. I think that they provide uh, fairly good... Um, you know, overview of what's happening there. Um, Google Analytics is really, really important to me in terms of having a big look at what percentage of our website is drive by social and what kind of content people are looking at there and that kind of stuff. Um, and I have a social media manager management software package that I use that provides some good analytics Which as well too. Use? I'm using Sprout Social at the moment. Yeah. Happy with it? Yeah, yeah, it's working well for me. And social listening, what tools are you using there? Look, we're quite uh, – agriculture is quite interesting in the sense that we've got a quite a finite target audience. Mm. Um, you know, we probably estimate that maybe about 10% of our grower, uh, growers and advisors are on social media. So it's actually quite a manageable community in terms of being able to listen into some of those tools. So uh, trying to actually, you know – use lists to ensure that I'm okay. keeping an eye. If I was to search by keywords, 
there's so many different keywords in agriculture that a you'd either run the risk of running into way too much with yeah. a topic like wheat or canola or just have far too many keywords once you get into some specific diseases and pests and crop varieties that it'd be far too big to manage so I'm actually using Twitter lists to try and uh, monitor as much of that as I can so there is a big manual monitoring um, component of my work but I hope that that kind of allows me to pick up on some of the conversations yep. like the disseeding and rhizoctonia that um, that you can use to, um, you know, really get into those conversations and add that value. That 10% estimate that you just mentioned, is, is that a small number, do you feel, or do you think it will grow from 10% to a much larger percentage of the of the grain growers in Australia using social media? Yeah, so I've been playing in um, the social media for the grains industry for about four years now and it's uh, it's incredible. I've uh, come from a, a training background in terms of actually doing workshops and developing training packages for growers, advisors and researchers. Um, and, you know, when I began with this space, we had to lump social media in with apps and smartphones because we knew that nobody would turn up to a social media the workshop, <laughs> but I've just recently done a um, a, a series of, uh, of events that I was presenting at on social media, and it's at the point now that I got off stage and had you know five or six new people following me that had just fired up accounts as a consequence of that. So I think it's been around long enough, and I think um, people have heard enough about it and perhaps become familiar with it for social reasons as well too, because obviously a lot of people a lot more people are using, you know, they might have a Facebook account that they're using to keep in touch with family and friends. And once you can demonstrate that there's benefit in, um, you know, when you can demonstrate some of the types of conversations that are happening on social, that's just the little push that they need to go and seek a lot more information. Um, it's also very interesting as well too through a series of workshops that I did run is that you have a lot of growers at the end of it that would say, look, I can really see value in using this service for information gathering but I, I don't want to post anything. I don't think anyone would be interested in what I have to say. And so, you know, there are a lot of people that are seeing value in it for a you know, an information gathering tool. Um, but, but it will grow by the sounds of things. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. You're seeing, uh, you, you know, seeing new users that have a, you know, farm machinery related avatar and, um, you know, from a grain growing region that are popping up and following us every day. So it's, um, you know, if you'd, uh, if you'd asked me if we'd be where we are right now four years ago, I probably would have, uh, wouldn't have believed you, but it is something that's increasing quite rapidly. Yeah. In terms of your team or the team that works with you in the communication function for the Grains Research Development Corporation in Australia, you say that it's regionally uh, based and located, which makes a bit of sense. But could you tell me a bit about your, your team and where they are located and what roles do they play? Sure. So um, we sit in a business group called Regional Grower Services. And um, within that, we have a corporate communications team. We have a products and services team. We also have an extension and training team, which I sit under. Um, you know, I'm seen as delivering extension type communications. So, you know, really trying to get the benefits of research and development out of there. 
and then we have um, contractors out in the regions that deliver. The rest of the extension and training team are regional managers that are based in both the north, south and west um, GRDC regions. And so there's a lot of engagement in terms of, um, you know, identifying the conversations that are happening on social and looking for opportunities that we can use to really get um, good content packages together. Uh, I try to put out a weekly publication that is uh, goes to our communicators and across the broader team, which A, helps to familiarise people with social media if they aren't already there, but also identifies, you know, here's some of the things that are being discussed, here's some of the stuff that GRDC has put out this week that has performed particularly well. So it gives people an indication of how their content is working. It allows them to identify opportunities for upcoming stories, um, also allows them the opportunity to identify talent for upcoming communication products um so you know we're we're quite a small team but uh and with with a lot of communication products that we're putting out but trying to identify you know opportunities to really cross over and make sure that we get a good uh, cover of regional issues but that you know the, the nature of social as well too is that you know you can have uh, farmers from western australia learning from what's happening over this side and, and vice versa. So so in terms of that team, though, you mentioned that there's communications and there's your, your organisation. Would you describe it as siloed or not siloed at all, that you know, there's real visibility around what everyone is trying to do and whether you're sharing the same network of people who you're trying to talk to through the social channels? Look, we're doing... Yeah, no, look, I think it's, it's uh, really good in terms of co- clear communication that's coming through from all of the different channels and, um, you know, our contractors keep us very regularly updated on what's happening and um, I think it it, it works quite well. Okay. Podcasting. I love podcasting. I think podcasting is is fabulous and I've I've always thought that uh, into these you know, rural and regional areas into the farming community that podcasting is such a great thing because, you know, either driving in cars for long distances or self-driving tractors, there's time to access knowledge and information. How's your podcast performing? Oh, that's uh, good. I don't actually sit across the podcasting, so I'm not 100% how it's going analytics-wise. Right. We do get some good feedback. Um, I often try and identify through social media activity people that I can touch base with directly over the phone. Um, so, for example, uh, over the weekend we had a tweet through about how good, uh, you know, how valuable someone had found our YouTube channel. So I gave them a call and she'd said, oh, I also listened to your podcast and uh, I got onto it when I was uh, working on a farm over in Canada. Canada. So the the um, feedback that I had from her there was was good. But as I said, I, I, I'm not directly uh, across yeah. the podcast. It does perform quite well when we put it out over social media. Yeah, but people access it through the social media. You yeah. can see the numbers. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, podcasting, which is uh, something that I often run by people, it's similar to social media as people might have heard of it but aren't quite sure of the, the value. So when you can say that, look, it's a, um, it's it's, it's basically radio, radio on demand, <laughs> yeah. and you don't need an internet connection provided you've you know connected when you've got your Wi-Fi at home. And when people go, oh, that's 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 really good, and see value in that. So, and how do you stay on top of the latest trends in in social media and and digital communications? Where are you, where are you drawing your knowledge from so as that you can be better at your job? Uh, 
following thought leaders on social media. <laughs> so, you know, looking at, uh, I get to sit and watch Twitter and um, Facebook a lot. So really looking at some of that kind of stuff and driving trends there. But, uh, you know, try to regularly read things like Mashable and uh, have a look at anything that anything that's coming out that could be important, uh, you know. The good thing about being in social media too is a lot of people send you stuff. Any time the word pops up, they send it through. So I guess just just playing in it a lot as well too. It sort of uh, dominates both work and outside of work hours a little bit, which is sometimes to (laughs) the detriment of other areas. But it is one of those things, isn't it? You know, this whole space of content creation, content distribution, curation through digital, online, offline channels. It's so much more interesting and so much more effective than the way that we used to communicate when, you know, the, uh, the media had the monopoly. And so now we obviously, that monopoly no longer exists and we're all able to communicate much more efficiently and effectively. So it's very exciting, I think. And I think really in terms of delivering value for your community, I can see that this is only going to get more and more important. And we'll watch on with a lot of interest as you continue to innovate, um, you continue to have success, and you continue to deliver uh, important value. Because again, it's niche information, but it's important information, isn't it? We think so. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks Thank you very, very much, much for joining us in transition. And uh, My pleasure. thanks very much. I really uh, enjoyed the conversation there with Prue. And you can see that it's time to get involved. It really is time to get started. And the fact that what Prue's doing is listening to the audience, listening and trying to understand where can she add value on behalf of GRDC. She gets in in the morning, she opens up the channels and she can see where those conversations are. And she gave a couple of really good examples there as to where she was able to demonstrate clear value to a community and you know, looking at the weather, understanding what those conversations are and being helpful, being useful, being relevant and being valuable to the community that she's serving. So I'm sure she's going to only have further success. So Prue, thanks again very much for coming in. Great conversation. I know there's a lot of insight there that people will take away to improve their content marketing and their social media. So thanks very much again. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.